Hello and welcome to the Property Management Show. I'm your host, Alex Osinenko. My day job is a CEO of 4.5, a marketing company that works exclusively with fee-based property management companies. I spent the last seven years of my life helping property management companies become more successful by improving sales, marketing, and operational efficiency. On this show, we'll deconstruct success into its key components and invite subject matter experts to help you improve every facet of your business. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome to the show. Um, Today our topic is fee maximization. I call this sort of value-add services because at the end of the day, you know, you have to provide value in order to charge a price for whatever service or product you're offering. And, and you know, there's a sort of a, 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 the main revenue for most property management companies is the property management fee. But there's so many other things, value at services you can add. And I have a gentleman here um, as a guest um, who can help me, will help me explore the subject. And sort of he, his, his name is Darren Hunter. And, and most people in property management know Darren Hunter. I mean, he's he's like the household name, um, right? And if you don't know Darren Hunter, go to DarrenHunter.com. Right, Darren? That's where you live digitally? That's it. And also Facebook, DarrenHunter.com as well. Um, you'll find us there. Right. So Darren has spent his sort of life, uh, professional life, or most of it, or a lot of it, helping property management companies, you know, figure out business, right? Coaching, right, Darren? Th- tell us a little bit, like, give, give me the scope of what you've achieved thus far in your life. Alrighty, so I am a property manager and, and my experience, I first started in 1989. In fact, where I'm at at the moment, I'm in Adelaide of South Australia. Adelaide is, is sort of, think of the middle of Australia, right at the bottom, okay? Um, and uh, this is where my career started. I've done uh, 15 years frontline in property management. Let's say that's my military service. Mm. Uh, and I've also been a senior property manager. I've been a state property manager, managing 28 property managers over 18 offices, over a region, a third of Australia. Um, but in the last 11 years, I've been a full-time property management trainer and consultant working with agencies and business owners of Australia, New Zealand and the United States. And in that time, I've specialized in being able to help business, real estate business owners with their rent roll fees, with their property management fees uh, to get higher and better fees with new business as well as their current owners as well. So we call it fee maximization, but it's the ability really to get add and increase fees with current owners. All right, guys. So I hope you're in there. And by the way, thank you kindly for joining us across the continents and and, you know, I mean, you know, thank you. Thank you for taking the time. And, and the Skype is amazing, right? Isn't it? It just you know, allows people to connect. But, yeah, so so I hope you guys feel confident that the sort of the guest today is really truly the expert. I don't know if we, there's anybody better to speak on a subject. So let's get dive right into it. I'm going to hit the hard question right off the bat. Darren, you ready? Far away. Ah, but before we go there, let me just quickly mention I have two sponsors that I'm going to talk more about in a – in a little bit. The first one is NARPM, National Association of Residential Property Managers. And the second sponsor is PM Grow Summit, which is the um, educational summit once a year conference for the property management entrepreneurs who are growth minded. So Darren, the first question is, you said you, you helped a lot of property management companies. I want to scope this out for our listeners. 
what is so so it what is the worst and the best property management companies you've ever met in terms of how much what the percentage of their revenue came from property management only what was the highest i guess that were maximized from other revenue sources and what is the lowest that you've seen okay so uh, i'm really a specialist in property management only okay so the companies i work for so so alex you're talking about companies that get their revenue also from sales no just property management let's for the sake of this this sort of conversation let's stick with the property management which you and both i sort of experts in yeah okay so um let's let's just let, let's break this down a little bit more um the worst companies i've seen uh, that I've worked with are really um, uh, property management companies run by bosses that don't care, in fact, to work too much in the sales space. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And so the less that you actually focus on your rent roll, the more issues and problems you're going to get. All righty. Um, the best companies that I've worked with, when you're talking about revenue from their property management departments, you see, I'm used to working, um, uh, Alex, with companies that uh, get all of their revenue from owners only. All right, you need to understand in Australia, it is illegal to get any fees whatsoever from any tenants. Mm -hmm. All right, the, the tenant is a protected species here in Australia. So when it comes to revenues, 100% of their revenues come from owners. Typically, when I work with businesses in the United States, we see very typically two thirds of revenue comes from tenants and one third comes from owners. Is that is that helping you a bit more about just sort of clarifying the, the arena I work in? So let me rephrase this. Actually, yes, I appreciate that bit. Uh, but speaking with Brad Larson, who both and I are friends with, he said that about 50% of his revenue comes from value-add services, additional fees. I'm talking about property management company, right? So 50% is property management fees, the other 50% is other value-add services. So I guess my question was, maybe I didn't ask it in the right way. My question was, what are the best ratio breakdown with the best companies and not the best companies, right? Okay, Does that make sense? so, okay. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for re-clarifying. So in Australia, um, very typically we have an East Coast, West Coast thing. On the East Coast, we've got this mentality that the management fee should cover everything. And people are too scared to add any fees on other than leasing fees and other than management fees. I have this thing that, you know, that, that everything should be covered by the management fee, everything they do. And so we see very typically 15% of revenue is generated that are not leasing fees and not management fees. Mm. However, on the West Coast of Australia, the people there didn't wake up with that mentality that, oh, what's the management fee for? So we're actually seeing 50 to 60% of uh, property management fee income is coming from fees that are not management fees and not leasing fees. Right. So that there's some of the best stats that we see. But typically, typically the uh, businesses that work within the US, um, really either their, their fees are dominantly coming from management fees or they're coming from tenant fees. Some are coming from leasing fees too, but not much anywhere else, mm. except people like Brad. Except people like Brad, yeah. He's definitely a, what he calls a, a coins, a master implementer. And I think a, a monster, not master, but probably a master implementer, but monster implementer, where he just go ahead and implements things um, and gets them done. So that is a very interesting bre breakdown. Um, 
So can we, dare we say that after listening to this podcast and implementing the, 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 the techniques you're going to talk about, somebody can potentially double their revenue, Darren? Um, they would definitely be able to double their profit margin. Uh, you know, NARPM uh, came out with a national survey not so long ago, and the average property management business does 20% profit. Now, that's, that's, of course, total revenue, take expenses is about 20%. And coincidentally, it's actually the same here in Australia too. It's about 20%. It seems to be a global percentage. Now, uh, very, very quickly is that, for example, if we're earning total fee income per property of around about, let's say it's $2,000 a year. Now, I'm hoping there's some people out there doing much better than that. But let's say your total fee income generated from one door is $2,000 a year. Now, let's say your profit margin is 20%. Now, that means your profit margin on that property is only $400. Now, traditional thinking, Alex, is that if we're going to go and double our profit margin, we then, we then need to go and double our roofs and front doors. We're going to have to go and get double the amount of doors, correct? Would you agree that's traditional thinking? That is the mindset, yeah. But to double our profit margin, in this particular example, all we would need to do is find another $400 a year in, in these extra add value fees. That's all we'd have to do to technically double our profit margin. So that's why when we work with businesses, we're able, easily able to find at least another 50% profit margin, if not double their profit profit margin altogether without having to add on more doors, more workload, more staff, more overheads, all of those problems that come with it. That's what I specialize in. All right. I am I am basically like at the edge of my chair right now. Hit me with your biggest one. So so now we're sold. I'm sold. Like this is it. All right. All right. I, I let's wanna, continue on. Let, let, let's, let's start getting into some grassroots here and start changing the way we think because the way you think delivers your results. If we can't get past this, you can't put more money in the bank. So firstly, let's start with a law. Now I've written 11 profit laws regarding fees. If you go to my website, darrenhunter.com, go to my knowledge library, go to my uh, boss resources and in boosting income and profitability, you'll find my 11 laws. Now the law of the main game is very simple. Very easily explained. Two two guys are having uh, just met each other at a barbecue for the very very first time. Just imagine one of those awesome Texan barbecues, and they're having a beer and they're having a chat, and they stumble onto the fact that they both do property investment, and they've both got properties in the same area. And one turns around and says, "Oh, okay, so." Who manages your property? And one guy says, well, I'm with XYZ Real Estate. Oh, really? Fancy that. I'm with ABC Realty just down the road. Oh, my goodness. Well, what is he charging you? He says, well, I'm getting charged X percent. And the other guy goes, oh, that's a surprise. I'm getting charged Y percent. But Alex, they didn't talk about any other fees. Why is that? Because it's not high on their radar and it's not as of important as management fees are. So the law of the main game, and this is the secret in the source, is when I work with officers, is that we focus on getting the management fee to the accepted rack rate, market rate for that area. We maximize the leasing fees, and a lot of areas in the US don't have leasing fees at all, but we maximize the main game to what is the accepted market rate and then we do the work in the other add-on fees and that's where we actually get the work 
that's where we get the results. So the law of the main game, understanding that business, so um, property owners really make a song and dance, put a lot of importance on the management fee. So the work we do is in the add-on fees because they don't consider that as of important. Gotcha. Do you believe in a three-part pricing where, you know, sort of like the Uber generation where you, the initial one will have the minimal with the lowest possible fee to get somebody in the door. The middle will have sort of additional inspections and other things. And the top package, you'll almost never sell. But against the top package, the middle looks really attractive. Do you believe in that? Okay, so I've worked with three packages and I've worked with two, and here's my feedback on that. Now, when I've done business health checks with offices that have the three packages, and it could be bronze, silver, gold, you know, diamond, platinum, investor, whatever, mm-hmm. um, and they are very commonly structured just the way you said. The bottom one has a very low management fee and lots and lots and lots of add-ons. The middle one has a higher management fee, less add-ons, and the top one has like an all-inclusive. What we find is very typically people go to the middle. They always go to the middle. And they, and they they tend to negotiate which package they would like as opposed to neg- negotiate what fees, if that makes sense. Yep. So we actually get less negotiation on the actual fee structure itself. They simply negotiate which package they would like. Now, I've done the three, but I've also moved to the two. And the, the two, t- basically, you'd have your lower package with a lower management fee and lots of add-ons, and the higher one would be the one management fee does all. Now, two packages is still a choice, like three packages is a choice. So they both still have the point of difference that you're giving the perceived choice and not just giving them one fee structure, you know, one size fits. But what we find is that people, um, if you sell it right with property investors, you can get them up to the one management fee does all. Um, and you probably, we, I found that we found about 30% defaulted to the lower package, but it depends on how you sell it but my warning to people out there is make sure you use a calculator and make sure that if you're doing a one management fee all inclusive that it's the right management percentage too many offices just go too low on that one Mm. very good i appreciate the insight here uh can i challenge one thing real quick because i've been um been really and i want to go back to leasing fees in us so i I have this written down but um I've been studying price psychology a little bit, not studying, but but being interested in it, listening to podcasts, getting myself kind of informed on this in this realm. Price anchoring seems to be a very strong sort of, and the idea for the last package is to have that being as an anchor against the middle package, which is what you really sell. The top package being the gold that nobody ever buys. And it's just, it's not to cheat people, but it's our psychology to say, okay, you really want the top package, fine. Like, but most people don't, and they don't, you know. And so, so, what do you think about that? The price increase. Yeah, I, 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 at the end of the day, we've got to come up with what works and works for us. Okay, and I certainly um, appreciate the the anchor uh, principle behind that. Um, my 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 experience is, and we've got to understand, we deal with different market cultures here. Australia different from the US, different from New Zealand, different from South Africa, and all the areas that I work in. But basically, the more packages you have, I've simply found the more confused people get and the less they're going to make a quick buying decision. So keeping it really, really simple, I definitely would never go more past past three packages. But as I said, from my perspective, 
I've found I've, I've just preferred to work with two as opposed to the three. But if you structure the three right, just make sure it's very easy to understand. As soon as you cause confusion, it puts people into a, a mode where they can't make a buying decision. And you may actually lose business because of it. But I do certainly appreciate that, um, that high anchor point there um, and simply waving that in front of people to push people to the middle. Yeah, so good point. And I think between you and I, I think the advice here is, you know, and my advice always is to experiment as a business owner because, you know, I would think in Silicon Valley where people used to like seeing software, all three packages, you know, the three would work beautifully. Somewhere in, in let's say, Minnesota, um, you know, it probably won't work as well, I'm thinking, because just people are not used to seeing that sort of a structure. But the, the, the answer is, I mean, do you recommend experimenting, right? I mean, how- I, I always test and measure always test and measure and you know just look and read people's body language are they accepting of it do they easily understand it or are they getting confused um and so if you are seeing the confusion pull back and just make your packages more simpler gotcha very good so what is your highest ticket item darren uh give us a bit of a uh, um shared a bit of knowledge on this what is your highest ticket item in terms of the next largest fee that people can charge for the value add service. What is that service? Okay, so the next value add fee other than management fee and leasing fee is the lease renewal fee. And this is the fee that uh, you, you, obviously you sign up a new tenant, they complete their 12 months and then you renew them onto a, 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 lease renew, a new lease renewal. Now typically, of course, and Alex, you and I know we need to be very, very careful about um, representing any numbers or any values because we've got to be very sensitive to the antitrust laws in the United States here. But the lease renewal fee um, is uh, if uh, most offices obviously provide the service, but they don't realize or treat this particular fee at the value um, that it is to the actual owner. So what I want to do is first, before we dig into the lease renewal fee, Alex, let's talk about what's called the law of alternate cost. Now, the law of alternate cost is another one of the 11 profit laws regarding fees. And it's very simple that if you withdrew your service, if you no longer, for example, with the lease renewal, if you no longer provided a lease renewal and allowed the tenant to fall on to a month by month, even though those non-fixed term leases that people can do, what will now be the cost to the owner? And for example, worst thing, tenant gives notice during the winter months and they give their 21 day 21 days or 28 days notice that they legally can on a month by month or you know a, a month's notice and they leave and now the owner the property is vacant for four weeks and then the owner has to get it re-rented and then there's more leasing fees so what is now the alternate cost to the owner the alternate cost is a month's rent what's that thirteen hundred um eleven hundred dollars um plus leasing fees which could be you know X on top of that. So the alternate cost could be, you know, thousands, a couple of thousand or mm-hmm. something like that. You're getting the point. So therefore, and here is another way to explain. If the alternate cost is 10 apples and you're charging um, one tiny slice of apple, and I'm again, we're just getting around the antitrust laws here, you could be charging um, three apples instead. My point is this, is that if the alternate cost is several thousands of dollars, you can easily justify a quality lease renewal fee when you express what the alternate cost actually is. But if you fail to express what that alternate cost is, then your 
fee could be seen as expensive. Alrighty. Now, typically what we do when we work with officers is that we generally charge the lease renewal fee at 50% of what a leasing fee is. Um, alternate to uh, very small amounts, if nothing. What is your typical? I just want to qualify this. What is the typical leasing fee? Is it half month rent, one month rent? Um, Alex, you need to guide me on this. Are we going to be breaching any antitrust laws? There's, you don't need to worry about that. We're not NARPM. We're we're like we're two commercial organizations, so I there's really zero. All right, okay. zero care. So, all right, really depends on where I'm going. I, I, I come across offices that have no leasing fee at all, and they just put all their eggs into one basket, one management fee only. Um, but uh, it really depends on the market. Um, on, on the West Coast, I, I see a lot of one-month rent um, as a leasing fee, um, as opposed to other states um, You know, in, in, the, in the Midwest and the Eastern states, we're seeing a lot more of your half a month's rent and so forth is very typical in Australia. Um, very typically on the West Coast, we're seeing two weeks rent because we work at our, our rents here in, in, in weekly rents, not monthly, which mm, is stupid. Yeah. Um, and on the East Coast, we're seeing one week's rent. So generally, I work with whatever the leasing fee is, we make the lease renewal fee at 50% as long as we explain to the owner what the alternate cost is on a month by month, we're able to get it over the line, probably 90 to 95% of the time. That fee alone done properly that fee alone has the potential to increase your profit margin at least by 50%. So let's talk about this. Let's. So in US, by the way, when you said there's no leasing fees, everybody charges leasing fees to my knowledge. So it's either half or full month's rent. And generally around that, that is correct. That's what we yeah. typically we see, but we do come across um, regions and marketplaces. Um, one particular town that I came across in regional New Mexico, no leasing fees at all. And no wonder why they struggle. So let's establish that number one, the value for the owner is quite tremendous because the risk risk of lease breakage or or you know in the middle of, of, of non sort of non hot season or whatever you call winter, right? It's just it could be thousands of dollars, right? So yeah, the yeah, value yeah, is yeah, there. Yeah. So recently, the value is 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 calculating and expressing to the owner what's the alternate cost if they don't get this service or they don't get it properly or they they take that service from a cheaper agent down down the road you can express what that alternate cost is now alex that this doesn't work for lease renewal that works for practically every other fee that we could place in front of our owners too and if we can express what that alternate cost actually is we are now proving our value on our fee perfect Perfect. Okay, very good. So, but I, I, I have a calculator right next to me. I really want to kind of get down and figure this out. So, let's say we charge you half a month of rent. Let's say our average rent is fifteen hundred bucks, right? We charge you half a month of rent to to bring in new tenants. So that's seven fifty. Okay. Yes. If we charge fifty percent of that to renew a lease, right? You said, yes. Yeah, typically fifty percent. So divided by two, that's three hundred and seventy-five dollars lease renewal fee. Obviously, that comes up once a year. Yes. Right. Yeah, it really and it, dep it depends. And, and, you know, in some cases here in Australia, we do six months. Well, sorry about that. My, uh, that's I'm just going to have to hop. That's all Your right. Your phone got it, so excited. It, it, it no, my, 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 <laughs> my little cheap Chinese holder on the windscreen just fell off. But uh, we're just going to have to do it like this. But, okay, so um, uh, where were we? 375 is yep. the, the fee, lease renewal fee that we can yes. potentially charge and provide yes. true value. This is a value at yes. service, a definition yes. of it. Like I wouldn't worry about not translating that as, as a value. It's a clear value to me. So 375, yeah. let's say you manage 250 properties. Yes. 
then that's you got to work you've got to work out your tenancy turnover so you got to work out how many leasings are we typically going to do in a month and you might find uh, in a high transitional area 50% of tenants move out so you may be able to go successfully 50% of our doors will renew a lease so you know um, or it could be two-thirds of our doors will renew a lease wait, wait, really I'm depends not, I'm not following this Darren I got you got to clarify this for me why wouldn't every single property turn over a lease renewal every year Okay, because some tenants may move out after 12 months. Ah, got it. All right, perfect. So All right, then you, get so a, you, can't, you can't do a lease renewal on every tenant. It really comes down to your turnovers. Now, here is, here is the, the, the fact is if you're in a high transitional area and you're doing a lot of leasings, then you want to make sure you're getting a quality leasing fee. Now, if you're in a real stable area where your tenants are doing a lot of lease renewals and staying put and not moving, then you want to make sure you put your emphasis on a very strong lease renewal fee as well. So you've got to know where your movement is and then where to place the fee and then know how to justify it. Got it. So perfect. Thank you for that clarification. So I'm still on 375 as my lease renewal fee. I manage 250 properties. Half of them will renew. So 125 properties would renew. I will charge uh, 275 each and that will make me $34,000 most of it would be bottom line. I mean, the cost of lease renewal is probably, there's probably some hours, right? There's processes and systems in there. But that looks like a, a healthy, you know, multi tens of thousands of dollars right to the bottom line. Straight to bottom line. It's all pure profit strategies because we haven't taken on more, uh, more doors, which is going to cost us more resources in the end. So again, this is one of very, uh, a lot of um, you know, uh, add value fees. And uh, when you're ready, Alex, I'm excited to go through a, a list of all other stuff that can be considered too. And that's fine. I think this podcast is going to be an amazing value to our listeners. But before because, we proceed, yeah. I, I'd like to actually take have a quick word for our sponsor, specifically for the NARPUM organization. Uh, if you don't mind, is this a good time, Darren? Can I yeah, absolutely. Go for it. The NARPUM are, NARPUM are good people. I was actually uh, doing the NARPUM State uh, Conference in Virginia. Uh, in February and a wonderful organization. Excellent. So, you know, they have about, what, close to 7,000 members now. And specifically what I want to talk about is NARPM designations. It's RMP and MPM. And I've, I've mentioned this in the previous podcast. Uh, MPM is a master property manager. That's, that's sort of graduate level work. RMP is when you're just starting. It's, it's uh, re residential management professional. Both of these designations will do wonders for your business. And a couple of the reasons. One, you get coaching, right? You actually learn from people like Darren, you know, who has done it before and you don't, you know, stumble on, you know, make the same mistakes. You discover new revenue streams. You build a support network. You discover deep friendships. I mean, there's so much value to getting, uh, um, uh, to getting along and actually signing up and, 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 and studying for your designation. So I, I highly recommend you guys check out narpm.org, N-A-R-P-M.org. Click on education and take a look at designations. You will never meet not successful master property manager. Like I've met a lot of people um, and the most successful ones usually hold the MPM designations. So anyway, let's get back to it, Darren. Um, you and I were on that lease renewal fee, which is I think brilliant. I think very, very few people doing it. So uh, folks who are listening to this podcast, you know, you guys go ahead and implement this. You got to check though that it's legal in your state, right? That's not our job with Darren. Our job is to... Absolutely, you know, yeah. And we also, 
we've also got to take into account as well as what's the benefit of keeping a tenant in a, in a fixed-term lease. Now, if you're able to claim against the tenant um, any lost rent, should they break that fixed-term lease, um, also, you may be able to charge them a, a break lease cost as well, marketing, all those. The benefit is if you can on charge all of those fees onto the tenant, then you've proven the value of keeping the tenant locked into a fixed term. But if you don't get the value in those, then it's going to be hard to push the value of a lease renewal fee. Mm. So there's some thought to go into it, but it sounds to me it's, 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 it's like a no-brainer value of service. If I'm a landlord... And my management company says, hey, Alex, we'll charge you $275 to renew a tenant for another 12 months. So you don't have to worry about this for the next 12 months. Here's all the benefits. Here's all the risks that you're, you're going to avoid. And we're going to take care of this. I mean, that's a no-brainer. And Alex, I just want to add, if I, as a property owner, took my business to a company and they don't have a strict lease renewal culture and pursuing the tenant, making them or highly you know, encourage them to sign a lease renewal, I will not be placing my business with them because that company is providing me financial risk if they allow my tenant to go on to a month-by-month -month lease because of all those alternate costs involved. Awesome. Excellent. All right. So that that is a good one. Let's hit. What's your next one? What's your next best one, Darren? All right. Well, the next best one um, would be, for example, a, a routine inspection or an, um, an interim inspection fee. Um, there is different states um, in the United States that call it an assessment because they don't want to be seen to be builders or anything like that. But here is a really, really simple one is that a lot of companies don't charge to actually go to the property and just make sure the tenant is keeping the property as per their legal obligations. That's the point here. Um, and 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 their all their actual fees are not high um, regarding that particular uh, service, or they're not charging them at all. Now, I certainly believe that uh, property managers should be visiting a property once to twice a year. Okay, you should be doing that as your obligation. I'm just going to move this camera up here. Sure. Um, you should be doing that in a minimum. Um, now, here is again looking at some different ways, and I call this the hourly rate strategy. Let's just ask our listeners, if you sent a plumber to a property to fix a, a, a leaky faucet, a, a leaky tap, what's that plumber going to charge? And Alex, would, would you know approximately what these charges would be? Uh, I would say about $150 in that, in that, in that realm. 100, 100, 120, maybe 150, depends on where it is. Yeah. But we, we wouldn't then call up the plumber and go, what? You've charged me $120? for what, a, a, a piece of rubber? How dare you? We would never question it. And we would go, ah, authorize. And the owner would look and go, ah, fair enough. That's what a plumber is worth. So back into property management land, what are we worth per hour for our time? Now you might go, well, it doesn't take me an hour to do one of these inspections, but really, let's add on travel time. Let's add on inspection time. Let's add on all the work that's now been um, uh, uh, it, it's been, um, it, it's come out of this inspection. You now got work because you've done this inspection, any follow-up work. Plus also, what about getting the inspection ready and emailing it to the owner? It's around about an hour or so of your time. So well, what are we worth per hour? It's a technology as well. So yeah, there's other costs. Correct. Yep. Correct. So what are we worth per hour for our time? Now, a lot of offices I work with, they're just charging these stupid rates a lot less than what a, plum a plumber charges. But when we look at we're in a very difficult job. 
We've got a lot of legislative compliance that we need to do, licensing compliance, all sorts of risk management, so we're avoiding litigation and so forth. Plus, we're probably managing hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars of other people's assets. So what are we actually worth with our time as a company? So this is where a lot of, a lot of rent rolls or a lot of business owners low charge these type of hourly rate fees on a routine inspection of whatever it is. So I'm certainly encouraging people to be charging a lot more than what a plumber does because that is what we are worth as property management professionals in the marketplace. Hmm. So, okay, I got that. So is it, but let me challenge you on this one a little bit just like we did with the other one. Isn't the inspection sort of the essence of managing a property? Isn't that like implied tell me more okay all right so what does the actual rule book say alex let's just dial up google and let's go to the management fee bible and let's download that and let's have a look at the verses that state what the management fee has to cover and my point is this if you believe you're worth it and you know how to justify it you can charge anything you could even charge a rent collection fee on top of the management fee if you knew how to justify and you believe that you were worth that particular fee. So a routine inspection, if we feel that has to be covered under the management fee, that is our mindset. If we believe the management fee should cover that, then we won't charge it. We believe we're worth it separate, then we'll find a way to charge it. Does that make sense? It does make a lot of sense, but the competition usually dictates, Darren, what we do or what we don't do. How do we compete against somebody who just bundles all that stuff in? All right, Alex, uh, the fee that we charge is more subject to our mindset than what the market charges. So, for example, I get really excited. If I've got all my competitors are actually not charging, for example, a routine inspection fee, all right? Let's just imagine that. And I'm charging, you know, a quality fee. And I get an owner said to me, well, hang on, why are you charging me X dollars for a routine inspection fee when your competitors down the road don't actually charge for anything? Well, Mr. Owner, thanks for bringing it up. You know, when I get properties transferred over to us, typically from other agencies that are not charging this fee, you know what we typically find? We're actually finding, because they're not charging it, they're not actually doing it. In fact, we get a lot of owners transferring over because they've got issues surrounding this particular service. You need to make sure you've got a quality agent that prioritizes a routine inspection. That's why we charge it. Gotcha. A lot of this can be conveyed through content marketing videos and articles on the Property Manager website. In fact, you know, I, I actually highly recommend sending a sort of an ebook on um, successful management property before you even go on a sales appointment. I know we're getting off 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 track here, but I just re-listened to Marcus Sheridan talk on PM Growth Summit, and and, and he's yeah he has this thirty-page book that he sends that yeah you know it, it's it sort of kind of sets the stage and really explains what your fees are and what the values are and then you know and and the people get educated. So so that is interesting. Let me let's keep going with this, but I want to just kind of take a, go back to the lease renewal fee. I really want to put some numbers here and that maybe we'll title the blog. You like this you like this one, don't you Alex? It's I, one of my favorites too. I, it's, it really it's, is. It's, it's it's right here, man. I actually invested a whole yeah, whole yeah. whole calculator thing and I'm going to yeah, do the iPhone. Yeah. Um, so the one I actually made a mistake on the previous, the previous one, we, we basically said, okay, Darren, we run a 250 property management company, 250 properties. And we said half the tenants will turn over, oh, will, excuse me, will renew. 
and the value we charge 375 to renew a lease times 125 properties it actually came out to be forty six thousand and hundred and seventy five dollars yeah let's qualify inspections Darren same thing 250 unit company how many inspections would you do and how much would you charge for them you know let's just let's talk about this because in South Australia where I'm based Queensland also in Australia um, and two other states here there are four inspection a year culture. Now that puts a bit of a rod on your back, but I'm used to doing an inspection every quarter. Whereas on the East Coast Australia, they do them twice a year. And I go to America and a lot of these companies here are lucky to do them once a year. And I just don't know how they get away with it. They really don't, but they should be doing their inspections at least once a year. And honestly, if you got the right script on how to justify the importance of this routine inspection, twice a year. especially when it comes down to things like meth labs and all this, it's, it's easy to justify too. So if we're going to do two inspections a year, um, you know, um, at uh, you know, let's just say it's going to be a hundred or a hundred and ten dollars per inspection, um, then you do the numbers. Okay, let's call it a hundred for easy. But you know, we are. But this is this is labor, though, isn't it? It's direct labor. It is. Well, we'll we'll take the cost out. No, you know, Tori, we, we're good. We're good. I run a service business just like you. Uh, I know exactly. <laughs> what we're going up against. Uh, like the first one, the re lease renewal, it's a lot less in terms of a cost. This will be a little cost heavy because it's it's time. But so 250 properties time, times 100, we inspect, you say twice, right? Twice, so 200, right? Twice a year. Oh, baby, we're getting, now we're cooking with gas. Let's see, so that's $50,000. Uh, you know, what would you say the cost on that would be? Um, 250 You know, inspections. you probably got about 50%, you know, you got 50% uh, staff. Yeah. Staff costs. Fair enough. Um, and then you got your mileage, all of that. So, let, you know, you know, maybe work on a 30% margin. 30% margin. Okay. So 30%, I think that's very, very uh, good uh, assumption. So that's 15 grand. So, so far, we found $46,875 in lease renewal fees if you were to implement it and do it as Darren says. And the second thing is, um, the inspections, you can make another $15,000 to the bottom line. Let's keep going. Okay. All right. So very typically here in Australia, there's a fee called a monthly admin fee. Okay. Now, this is um, generally easy to justify, and it's it's a monthly fee that's charged to cover postage and petties and small costs. Even You might even want to roll in your software costs as well into this uh, per property. Um, typically, we're seeing um, anywhere up to uh, $10 a month per property. Alrighty. The, the way this is justified is, look, Mr. Smith, we do have postage and petties um, and minor costs that we come across, um, and we do have to pass them on, but we don't want to be like a lawyer um, where we charge you know, uh, $11.52 one month, $22.60 the next month, and $33.51 the next month. We just charge X. Um, some months we win, some months we lose. Now, getting this one into place, typically how it actually rolls out, we do have a minor, a small amount of people that complain. Once we uh, explain how the fee works, they don't really have a problem, long as you know how to justify it. So let's just say that we add on, you know, an extra, um, uh, you know, hundred and um, let's say $120 per year per door on that. Now, you also got to work out if you've got multiple property owners, you know, those owners that have the five or 10 properties, you've got to work out whether you're going to charge this fee per owner or per property. That's going to be up to you. But let's say that we um, charge $120 per year on 70% of those properties. That's, that's a fair assumption. Wow. 
Now that I now yeah. Uh, so that's 175 properties will incur the fee of $120 a year. That's another $21,000 a year. And that's just pure bottom line. That just drops right there to the bottom. Correct. From top to Correct. the bottom. Correct. <laughs> now, now right. here is here is now here is something that we could have people come on and go, "Wow, that's a great fee. I'm going to go do that." And they go and implement a monthly administration slash software fee really successfully and that's all they do and they ring me up and say, Darren, we did this, we're really successful. Okay, congratulations. You left a ton of money on the table. You see, when we work with officers, what we typically do is we look to increase a couple of fees and add a couple of fees too. So we're talking even four changes to four to five fees here. Because if we're going to do it, we do it properly. You see, the same kickback you're going to get from owners will be the same on if you just change one fee as opposed to five. So you may as well go to the, to the extent that you can because ideally when it comes to increasing fees with current owners, you can't really be doing this um, anything more than really every two years or so. Otherwise, you could be eroding the goodwill that you have with your owners. Yeah. Well, it's overall, a, you know, you know, adding an admin fee, I can see could be a bit controversial. Like, personally, I wouldn't stand for it. If my property manager told me, however eloquently they positioned the fee, I would tell them not to do it. But, hey, I know you know people that have done it that do very well. I've done right? it successfully in the United States. Again, that is a mindset. And what we've got to understand is that when we have an owner that's presented a letter in the post or by email that says, hey, We've just we've had a few changes to our management agreements because business expenses and general overheads have increased. Also, the cost of legislative compliance has also increased. And for the fact also that we haven't uh, um, revised our fee structure for the last five years, we've had to make some changes. And here's what they are. Bang, 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 bang. Please sign the attached management agreement and get it back to us within seven days. And please call us if you have any questions. When people are presented with a set of communication in that nature, all right, it's in that arena what we've got to know what goes on. Because owners in general, if they've been with you one or two years, they've already gone through the pain one or two years ago of finding a new agent. They don't want to have to do this again. And you'll actually find that owners value their peace of mind more over paying that little bit extra, even if they're niggly on a couple of points. So we find successfully the large majority of clients will accept those fees as long as you can justify them. Yeah, I'm with you on this, Darren. I'm with you on this. This is this is excellent. So, so far we found a... You know what? What if I total this up? A uh, sixty, seventy, eighty, eighty-one thousand dollars there in, in forty-one minutes. We're doing pretty good. Yeah. Well, so the agencies I've worked with, the current one I've, I've got a client in New Mexico at the moment. We've found them an extra um, anywhere between five to eight thousand dollars a month <laughs> with the same amount of properties before. And this is what they're earning right now. We 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 rolled this and they they we rolled it at about around about five or six months ago. I think we finished. Um, I've got another client in Indianapolis, same, same sort of thing. Um, and I've got my biggest ones. This is my biggest record so far, Alex. Um, a company in Sydney um, with a thousand doors. We found them an extra $40,000 per month with the same amount of doors as they had before. Wow. That, that, that is impressive. So let, let's take a pause here. We'll cover it. We'll have time for a few more. Um, let's take a pause here. Let me talk about my second spon sponsor real quick, and then we move on. 
Um, so I want to talk to you guys about the PM Growth Summit. Those of you who listen to this podcast, many of you have attended the inaugural the first year. You know, this year we just signed an agreement with the hotel. It's going to be U.S. Grant in San Diego in a gaslight district, January 31st, February 1st, and February 2nd. Now, if you want to go and see the scope and the sort of level of of education, the content you'll get, check out pmgrowsummit.com and look at our previous year speakers and sort of uh, the talks and the the kind of atmosphere we had. But the difference in the PM Growth Summit versus any other property management conference is we basically include everything. Uh, It's a VIP experience. You buy the hotel, you buy the flight, we'll take care of everything else. All of the education, all of the meals, coffee, snacks, dinners, entertainment, networking. We record all the videos, all the sessions, and give them to you as an attendee. We give you all the conference notes. And of course, you know, beer and wine is included. And, and, and you know, essentially, our theme this year for PM Grow is learn to build, manage, and lead a team at scale. And we're going to have an educational lineup to help you achieve that. So go to pmgrowsummit.com, check out the 2017 event, and we hope to see 2018. Tickets will be up for sale soon. All right, Darren, cool. So we got lease, just recapping here, lease renewals, routine inspections. Um, we got admin fees. What else do you have? All right, well, let's just start. You know, and we can't obviously, we're not going to have time today, Alex, to go into every one of these things, but I'm just going to give you a list. All right. And you just tell me what you want to talk about. How's that? All right. So we've got, uh, we've got your move in or move out inspections. We've got photography and video uh, um, fee. Um, We've got a file transfer or an account setup. That's where you inherit a tenancy or a property with a tenant already in place. And so all the work to get everything set up. But then again, I've worked with businesses that charge that fee anyway on an empty property. Mm. Um, Internet marketing or your marketing for the leasing of a property also separate, charging that separate to the leasing fee. Um, An eviction protection program is something I've come across a few businesses in the United States charging. Mm-hmm. Um, repairs and maintenance fee is a percentage um, outside of normal duties. So if an owner wants you to do something that's outside of your normal duties, there's a fee for that. You've also got insurance claim fee. Um, and, and, and so there are some of the owner ones. Um, and uh, you tell me, Alex, when you want me to talk about some of the tenant ones. So let's let's pick like those the ones you mentioned are pretty cool. And I actually want to know more about them. So we might have to do another episode. You're right. We're coming on to 45 minutes. Um, which is, by the way, again, I appreciate you taking the time. I know you're in the car waiting for Dennis to arrive. And by the way, Dennis Yusuf is another amazing uh, coach and consultant trainer. He spoke at the PM Growth Summit last year. Love the guy. Give him my regards. Um, but which one is – I want to talk about the biggest impact one, Darren. Which is the media, the mediest fee? I mean, you gave me move-in, you know, photo, video, inspect. All these are interesting and, and how they can be integrated. But which one is the biggest in your I think um, out of those there, look, I'm, you know, I, I think the internet marketing fee um, on the repairs and maintenance fee. And there is some there that are de-incentive fees and you really don't want to make too much money off them. Like, for example, outside of normal duties, you know, that's a, the de-incentive of owners against bad behavior. But, um, you know, internet marketing repairs and maintenance fee. Okay, so repairs, what I know about repairs, people charge markup. It's less uh, prominent now. It used to be a lot more prominent. But essentially, it's a percentage on top of each. 
if you don't have if you have higher outside vendors is that what you're talking about correct so if you do a, 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 a you know, organize a plumber to go to a property um, then you will charge a percentage on top of that to do the organizing and look I understand it's not that popular. It's certainly not popular here in Australia. In New Zealand, just about every agency does it. Um, and it comes down to how you can justify it with your scripts and dialogue. Hmm. And what would that be? Give us a, give us a hint of uh, justification. Because, uh, so well, firstly, we find a lot of offices don't do it because they've got the mindset that in the management fee Bible that says you can't charge anything outside the management fee. Of course, you know, that rule book that doesn't actually exist or right. only exists in people's heads. But, okay, so let's say we want to, you want to, so you want to script to justify this one? Yep. Okay, so let's just say the owner says, look, um, you know, you're charging me a 10% repairs and maintenance fee here to organize maintenance, and then the agencies down the road don't charge anything at all. Look, Mr. Smith, we're well aware of that, thank you. Um, however, um, have you ever bought a real estate before, like, a, you know, for property investment? Yes. Okay. Well, you know, when you roll up to an open inspection to actually look at the property before you purchase it, have you ever noticed that it's, you, you actually can tell that it's a rental property from the other side of the road before you've even stepped onto the, uh, uh, stepped onto the, onto the sidewalk? Oh, of course. Well, it's because those properties are old tired and being neglected likely by the management companies because the repairs and maintenance is not actually part of their core income and so with us we we act on repairs and maintenance proactively so we put in repairs um, uh, programs each year proactively to make sure that your property is kept in the top, tip top condition and the benefit is when you're ready to sell we've maximized this condition so there's not that much that needs to be done but when you're going with other agencies that don't charge for their repairs and maintenance they only do repairs reactively when the tenant calls up and something's wrong and of course there's a lot of other things that don't actually get done things get worn out and tired under that mm. Interesting. Very, very good. I heard it justified in a way that, hey, we have the best vendors in town. We give them volume and they're only working with us. Because of that, they actually give us a discount on services. So instead of and for us to be able to continue maintain those relationships, we have to charge you the fee on top of what they charge in order to facilitate and make sure our group of vendors are the best for the money and value, we constantly evaluate mm -hmm. new vendors mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So there's mm -hmm. there's a little bit other side to it, but let's let's this is this could be a huge one. Mm -hmm. um, Alex, Alex, before we go yeah. on, you see, the thing is, is that this is another law of the eleven laws. Um, it's called the law of the fee lid, and the law of the fee lid says you cannot, under any circumstances, charge any better fees with your current mindset. Your mindset dictates what you're not going to do or what you can do, unless you now believe that you're worth more. And I can only think the things that we've discussed, Alex, people now going, wow, I could actually charge that. I'm worth more on this and this and this. But then you know how to justify it. You see, if you have a strong conviction that you are now worth more on something, you'll find a way to justify it. I agree with you. I agree with you. And we, you know, we're a service business. we got to find... We got to be able to productize some of the services, and we got to find ways to get fair compensation. And look, at the end of the day, Darren, it's all about attracting the, the top talent. If your employees are halfwits, or, or you know, they're just not, you can't attract a good person for the minimum wage. Well, there you have it. You're not charging enough, right? Correct. You got to get good people in there to represent the property. So it's it's a win-win. I'm with you on this. But the 10%, let's call it a 10% markup on repairs. 
on a 250 property, 250 unit company, Darren, what would be the average maintenance run on mm. a month? I mean, I know it varies, but we're talking like yeah, 10 well, grand I, or... Alex, it, it would be different from country to country, depends on the, on the quality of the property, how old it is, all of those sorts of things. But, you know, whether it's, um, you know, it, it could be, you know, a thousand dollars a year on average per property with repairs and maintenance and things that needs to be done. I'm, I'm really not able to run the numbers on that one. You let's, might have to help me on that one. All right, let's call it 750, $750 you, you know, on average. This, isn't it like 10% of rent usually is 10% of annual rent usually goes to maintenance. It's like kind of rule of thumb. So yeah, I, yeah, I, I think that would be a rule of thumb. I think that would be good. I think accountants would be happy with that. All right, so let's call it a thousand bucks. Let's be conservative a thousand bucks by 10%. That's our markup fee. So we're charging hundred dollars per property per year in administration yep. fees and we yep. run 250 properties. So, you know, another 25,000 to the bottom line. Okay. <laughs> ka-ching, ka-ching, ka-ching. These are pure profit strategies. You're not going to get this with rent roll growth because with rent roll growth comes increased overheads over time. I'm with you. So let me total things up here. Uh, da, 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 da. I just want to get to six figures before we go, man. I really want to get to six figures to understand the power of Darren Hunter and his sort of. But we haven't even started on, on tenant. We haven't even started on tenant fees yet for growing out. Oh, hey, we, we, we look. We are hundred and seven thousand. Those who are watching the videos. Here's the camera. Hundred and seven thousand. This, this is these figures is what I work with every day, Alex. This is just vanilla to me. And, you know, the amount of business owners, Alex, the thing is, is that I know 95% of businesses can do this, Alex, but 95% of businesses choose not to do it because their mindset gets in the way. You see, while we, you and I have been talking, do you know what's been going through the head of our listeners? What's They've that? been thinking, well, my owners are too tight. That's not going to work for me. Um, Darren, you don't know how many discounters we've got down the road. If we did that, our owners would leave to the cheaper agents. Darren, my property manager would never allow that. And so all these about seven different mindset reasons will be coming up in our mind and saying why we can't actually do it. Now, Alex, I want to throw this in because my good buddy Steve Rosenberg from Texas, mm. he's a United Airlines international pilot. And he sent me a video of him landing one of those massive international planes in thick fog and we're talking fog that you can't actually see the runway until you hit the runway i've seen that Alrighty? video i think i've seen yeah, that video correct and there are so many of our business owners out there are thinking well you can't do that if we increase my fees like that my owners would leave in other words we, we know we, we've got this disbelief like people believe you can't actually land a plane in thick fog but you can you can do this safely and alex i just want to add this thing in is that all of those mindset issues are all dragons in the mist. They don't actually exist. When you do this and follow the formula, it works and it works every time. This is the kryptonite. And I want your owners to take note of this really, really carefully. This is the actual circumstances, and there's three of them, where you can't actually do this. The first one is if you're offering bad service. If your owners receive an email or a letter asking them to pay more, and at that point when they get that notification and your owners are um, upset with your service already, that's a bad thing. So you can never, ever increase your fees where your owners are not re reasonably happy or better with you. You don't have to be brilliant, just need to be reasonably happy or better. Number two is if you don't believe the stuff that we've just talked about, 
then you're not going to be able to do it. And number three is if you're motivated, do it now because in six months' time, that old mindset will come back and you'll find every reason why it can't be done. So they're the three reasons, Alex, that people don't actually do this. Darren, I really appreciate your time. Guys, DarrenHunter.com, you can find anything there. I think you can hire Darren even, right, Darren? Absolutely. I, I'm a specialist with fees in the United States. We've got about 100 different tenant fees that we can cherry pick from, but also a number of different owner fees. We work with you on your marketplace, what your fees are, and we come up with something that's going to work with you. Perfect. And we'll link out to Darren's website in the show notes. Darren, it's been a privilege, and thank you kindly for your time. And thank, thank you, Alex. It's been great. And it's good to see you too. We, we met each other on the Gold Coast in Australia just a few weeks ago. I hope you enjoyed your trip. Oh, enjoyed unbelievably, yep. Um, and we'll probably do another episode on tenant fees because that sounds like a, a, a another big topic that we can Huge, talk. it's a huge topic. There's all sorts that we could get into. But Alex, I really appreciate the opportunity to be on your show.